0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is about shepherds, pastors from Jeremiah 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore the Lord says, the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock and you have driven them away and you have not visited them. Behold, I will bring on you the evil of your doings, says the Lord. Dear friends of Christ, Today we're going to talk about pastors, the office of the Holy Ministry, and of course it's appropriate that you're celebrating my 20 years of service here at First English and my 30 years in the ministry. I spent my first 10 years in Oberlin, Kansas, in northwest Kansas, which is a town very similar to where Spencer is in Iowa. It's in the northwest corner. Um, We were 15 miles from Nebraska and 90 miles from Colorado, so kind of same spot we are here in Spencer, just a state over and a state up. (laughs) So here I am. Yeah, celebrating 30 years, it goes so fast. And uh, in our Old Testament lesson, it lends to that topic of the shepherd, just coincidentally. In Jeremiah, God calls pastors shepherds. Our text says, Woe to the shepherds who mislead the flock. Now, that's a warning, isn't it? Woe, woe, woe. woe to you. Pastors have a deep responsibility. They have, they have a and accountability to preach not what they want to preach and to do not what they want to do they're called to preach things they don't want to say and do things they don't want to do but that god is calling them to do that to be faithful shepherds are bound to the truth shepherds are bound to god's word they're bound to call their people to repentance Even when asking you to return to God isn't a fun thing. Because the congregation members may not like having to return. They may not like being told that they're living in sin. They may not like the message of the shepherd. And we're responsible for the souls of our congregations who are going astray. And the shepherd is to love the flock no matter how disobedient that flock may be. No matter how much they love to wander and stray, God, our Heavenly Father, has given the flock to Him. And the sheep are to love the shepherd that God has placed in their presence to feed them. This past week, I've been honored by all the love that you have given to your shepherd. Uh, Many cards and letters, uh, some of them very, very powerful, um, and I really appreciate uh, the love expressed in those as we serve together pastors or the congregations are of course supposed to love and respect their pastor because of his grave responsibility that God holds him accountable and he'll be accountable to that when I die and meet the lord i will be held accountable for how faithful i was among the congregation the pastor is a shepherd And he's the one who continually reminds you over and over again to come to Jesus, reminds you over and again to come and grow, feed your faith, feed your soul, reminds you over and over again to live for Jesus and learn. Come to Bible study, learn more about who God is and the ways of Jesus. He's the one who comforts you when you're hurting. And of course, he reminds you of God's promises when your faith is weak in those times of your life that you're being challenged and your, test is be, test, and your faith is being tested. Pastors remind their flocks who they are. That even though they're stuck in sin, even though bad things are happening in their lives, they're God's children. And so our theme, faithful shepherds who lead their people to God. Our text in the gospel today, talks about Jesus feeding the 5,000. We're not going to talk so much about the feeding of the congregation. Jesus fed their bodies, but he also fed their souls, didn't he? He was their shepherd. And so the shepherd feeds souls. And as Jesus was looking out in that congregation that had followed him to that hillside, the disciples were exhausted. Jesus was exhausted. The people didn't have enough, they wanted more. They were spiritually hungry. And Mark records the event, then Jesus went ashore and he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. I remember back 20 years ago, that first Sunday, and I looked at you and I didn't know who you were and you didn't know who I was. And I told you that we were going to grow together and that we were going to have God's word together And that I was going to do the best I could to be your shepherd. And I looked out and I saw people that were hungry for God's word. They were spiritually hungry. And I understand Jesus when he said and he looked out in his congregation and he had compassion for them. He had compassion because they were like a sheep that had not been fed. And Jesus went ashore and he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. They're like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach. What's, what's the problem? The people didn't have a shepherd. The people didn't have a teacher. The people didn't have a leader. They were spiritually hungry because nobody had taught them. Nobody had guided them. Nobody had instructed them that they were woven into the fabric of God's promise, the fabric of eternal life, the fabric of God. Nobody had taught them they were parts and who they were. And what did Jesus feel when he looked upon them and realized that they were scattered and wandering? He had compassion. This word in English, compassion, doesn't mean as much. It's not as graphic as the Greek word. The noun for the word compassion is uh, spleen. Okay, so we're talking the area of the spleen. The verb, to have compassion, is taken from that root word spleen, splunkna. It kind of sounds like spleen, doesn't it? And and it means to have that gut feeling or to have a broken heart. Compassion is that feeling you have inside your body. I mean, literally, physically, you're feeling something so intense that you feel it in your stomach, in your gut, in your your abdomen area. And it hurts. And Jesus looked at the people, and he physically hurt. And he had compassion on them. It's a word he used to describe his love for us. He looks at you and he has compassion. So exactly how compassionate is Jesus toward rebellious people? Toward people who are not always willing to follow his word, toward people who are not always willing to listen to the shepherd, toward people who are not always willing to come and be fed, even come to church on Sunday, much less a Bible study, toward people who do not deserve to be woven into the fabric of God's eternal plan of salvation. Toward people who are not always ready to believe what the pastor teaches, and what the pastor says. How compassionate is Jesus toward you? Well, he's tender-hearted and forgiving. How long does his compassion endure, though? How long does that feeling of oh, look what's happening in their lives? How long does that continue? That gun wrenching compassion as he looks at you and he sees you hurting and he sees you struggling. How long? For a while? Till you're 18? Till you're 30? Till you're 90? No, his mercy is forever. Psalm 103 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Loving kindness is compassion. It's that feeling. The Lord is gracious and uh, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, compassion. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, doesn't treat us the way we deserve to be treated, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities. As high as the heavens above the earth, so great is His loving kindness, compassion toward those who fear Him. So as your shepherd, I am here to remind you that though we are unfaithful, and though we hear the law of God that condemns us, God has compassion, and that He loves you and He cares for you, and He sent a Savior for you to suffer and die for you to die that you might be forgiven, to rise again that you might have life. You live by God's grace, and you're covered by that undeserved love, that undeserved love of God and the mercy. He looks at your life, and He's moved by compassion. He feels it in his gut. He cares where you're at spiritually right now. He cares what's going on in your life, what's happening in your job at work. He cares about what's happening in your church, in your family, in your homes, in your hearts. He cares. And the miracle of his compassion is that he takes your life and meticulously and then even miraculously he weaves it He weaves you from the dust of sin and death and disobedience. And He weaves you into the fabric of forgiveness and grace and life. And He makes you pure and holy in Christ Jesus. Because of His enduring compassion and mercy, He weaves you into the tapestry of His eternal plan of salvation into his family tree. You're woven into the tree of God. He doesn't help us out. Compassion and mercy, he weaves you. He weaves salvation for us. You don't have to do the weaving. He's the weaver. He's the potter. We're the clay. He does all the work. He just offers it to us. And the pastor is the one who communicates that to you. The, past, the, word, the Latin word for pastor is Shepherd. So that's where we get that, that, that word shepherd. And in Jeremiah, God says, Woe to the pastors who are destroying and scattering my sheep. Woe to the priests. Woe to the unfaithful priests. Woe to the unfaithful prophets. Woe to the shepherds. Woe to those who misspeak. Who fail to feed their sheep the word of God and give them what the people want to hear in the modern day. Tell them what the people want to hear instead of being faithful to God's Word. Telling them whatever garbage the people want to hear on that given day. And then Jesus gives the the, the scathing words of warning to these unfaithful shepherds. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who take care of my people. You have scattered my sheep and chased them away and you have not taken care of them, so I will not take care of you. By punishing you for the evil you've done, declares the Lord. What an incredible warning! That warning doesn't fall upon the congregation. That warning falls upon the leader, who's responsible for the flock. Sometimes pastors take a hard hit because we take hard, hard lines. We, you know, I have to, I have to be, I have to stand before the Lord someday. I have to give an account. And so I do what I have to do to be faithful as much as I can be faithful. I mean, of course, like you, in in your sinful life, you have to lean upon God's mercy. Believe me, when I meet Christ, I will have to lean on His mercy. And He'll say, how did you shepherd my flock? And I will say, I hope by grace. Because there were many, many errors in my ministry. But we do. We live by God's grace. And God has compassion for me as your shepherd as much as He has compassion for you as His people. An incredible warning I'll punish you for the evil you've done. Pastors are called to lead their people back to God. Pastors are called to to lead their people to repent, to turn away from what they want to do, what they want to believe, and to hear the Word of God, and to do the Word of God, and believe the Word of God. To keep the sheep from wandering astray, a scattered flock is not able to hear the message because they've wandered so far from the Word of God, they can't bear the truth. That's kind of the world we live in. There are a lot of people who, when I speak the Word of God, they just won't, they can't stomach it. It's like I can't even listen to that. You're calling me a sinner? You're calling me evil? I can't stomach that. I can't listen to that. No, 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 no. And they can't hear it because they've wandered away. They've wandered too far from the truth. And they're scattered. A scattered flock cannot gather to learn because they don't want to gather to learn. They don't want to come to the Bible study. They don't want to come to church anymore. A scattered flock cannot understand or comprehend the mystery of God's compassion, the mystery of God's truth, the mystery of God's grace because the shepherd, the pastor, the pastor, has led them away into other things, how to be a better Christian or how to be a better father, but not how to be saved. And the great spiritual danger of the sheep is a misled, from a misled pastor who misguides a sheep, and those misguided sheep can't be woven into the fabric of God's plan because they've wandered away. So I ask you, how would you like to bear that responsibility and the duty of the pastor to put yourself under that burden of that eventuality Well, you will meet the Lord and have to give an account of your ministry, of how you serve the church? You know, we all need to be reminded that God holds pastors accountable for their office. They're accountable for every baptized man under the care, every baptized woman under the care, every baptized child under the care. And that's what St. Paul was talking about as he knelt in prayer with the pastors of the church of Ephesus. And Paul prayed with these pastors. He said, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all your flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Be shepherds, tend to God's people, care for his sheep. Jesus reminded Peter that he was a shepherd. And three times Jesus told Peter, Go preach to your congregation. Three times he said, Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And then Peter, being a shepherd, told his other shepherds, told his other pastors, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, as one who watches over the flock, not because you must but because you're willing as God wants you to be. And the writer of Hebrews says, congregations obey your leaders. Submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who will give account. God holds shepherds accountable. He holds congregations accountable to listen to their shepherd. To their faithful shepherd. Not the unfaithful ones. The problem is, we don't know the difference between the faithful ones and the unfaithful ones, and the problem is we don't want to be held accountable. We don't want to be held accountable by God to have God tell us what to do or what not to do, what to believe or what not to believe, and especially we don't want a pastor, a shepherd telling us what to do or what not to do or how to believe. We are an independent, stubborn, willful people. We will not be told what to do even if it is God telling us what to do and will not easily be guided, and will not easily be led. So what does Jesus do with these stubborn, prideful, insolent people who stand on their independence, and the crowds of people followed Him? And this is what He saw in their hearts, the insolence, the separation, the stubbornness. Did Jesus look at them with disgust and disdain? And he looked at them with compassion. They were scattered, they were lost without a shepherd. He felt in his guts. He hurt for them, a lost people, a people straying, a people fighting to survive, a people fighting with each other. A people not understanding their purpose, their role in this life. They don't understand how they fit into the plan of eternity. They don't understand how to serve God or live for Him. They are lost and they're scattered. How do they fit? What is God's plan? And the congregation needs a shepherd to see all that. They need a pastor who will remind them when they're hurting. A pastor who will come next to them when they're grieving. pastor who will remind them as a casket is centered in the congregation this is one we'll see again don't forget God's plan that we're forgiven that there's salvation that there's life after death that there's hope the pastor reminds the people who they are continually you are forgiven people you are a people made holy by the blood of Christ they need to be continually called back to the compassion and mercy of God and reminded that their lives are a thread in the magnificent, master, masterful tapestry of grace, of God's grace called eternal life. They're woven into the fabric of eternity. Pray for pastors. That Satan not win them over. I pray for pastors that they have strength to endure and and the ability to better communicate. Do the things they don't want to do. Be in places where they don't want to be. Say the things they don't want to say. Better learn to communicate God's masterful weaving of the tapestry of salvation. To be a shepherd. To be there to comfort. To help them to comfort. I always appreciate it when people tell me, Pastor, so-and-so is hurting. You really need to go see him. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I know and I'm just not going. Sometimes you need help with all that. They, people need help and hope because they're hurting and they need, they need to know how they fit in God's eternal plan of salvation because they're wandering and they're scared. Even when the pain and brokenness and sin of this fallen world may seem to say, say otherwise, God is there for them. God cares. God has compassion. I want to re- remind you of what happened to my friend Dr. Tim Becker, a dentist, I believe I've told this story, it happened back in 2002. He's a a dentist in Oklahoma, in western Oklahoma, um, an old old friend of mine. His two boys and their friend were digging in the tunnels of the sand pits in western Oklahoma, and when one of the tunnels collapsed, two boys managed to wiggle free. His one boy, Jameson, an 11-year-old boy, was not able to wiggle free, and the two boys couldn't dig him out. By the time they ran to get help and got back, Jameson was gone. Dr. Becker and his wife Becky needed to know God's plan. They needed a shepherd to be faithful, to come up to them and let them know of God's plan. They they wanted to know God's love in the midst of their difficulty. Listen to this email that Dr. Tim wrote me on the day that Jameson was buried. He wrote, The pastor's message was that our lives are being woven together by God just like a tapestry in order to stress the importance of the resurrection and eternal life. And he pointed out that the tapestry that is Jameson's life was not finished last Monday afternoon, but the weaving is still going on and on and on for all eternity. And he even had had a tapestry displayed on the stage as a visual. And I would tell you, how we've seen God's involvement in this whole thing, but it would take me all night just to type the coincidences that have happened. Some may say there is no God, but I know that God is real, and God bless you, Tim and Becky Becker. People need comfort. They need to know they're woven into the fabric, into the tapestry of God's grace, of God's plan of salvation, of hope and of victory. And as your pastor, how many times have I done that? Cried with you. Prayed for you. Prayed with you. Visited you. Comforted you. Reminded you of who you are in God's eternal plan. And I praise God that you know the master weaver. And I praise God that you know his great compassion and his eternal tapestry and plan for your life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.